Thank you, Brother Regan. Praise the Lord, everyone. You got to give honor, first of all, to our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the reason that we're here tonight. Because without him, there would be none of us here. I'm so glad for the price that he's paid on Mount Calvary. Amen. Give honor to your pastor, the saints of the Lord. So good to be in the house of God tonight. Good to see all of our guests here. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you're five uh, or 80. God still is filling people with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And it is a good life living for the Lord. I know a lot of people... Uh, Young people especially, sometimes they have their eyes set upon this world and think that there's great things in store for them out there. But I, I'm glad that I walked with the Lord and I gave him my all. And I, I can look around and see the heartache that a lot of people go through because they fail to give God their all. And uh, I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And I, too, commend you for the uh, great job that you did this morning. Hey, that was uh, quite an accomplishment. And uh, I, I, I commend this church for working so hard and uh, bringing people out to the house of God. And uh, you bring them, and I'll do my best to preach to them if I'm here. And if I'm not here, I know your pastor will. Hallelujah. He could have went ahead and preached tonight. I could have just sat there and listened and said amen and got behind him. I hope tonight you're going to help me preach. I... Uh, I, I, I don't, I told Brother Riggin today, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm quite confident in doing, and uh, I don't feel like I'm uh, lagging behind as far as uh, intelligence. I'm not saying I'm the brightest light bulb in the pack, but I'm not the, the dimmest one either. And uh, there's a lot of things that I've done, but I said when it comes to preaching a lot of times, I don't have that confidence because I know that it's the anointing that makes a difference. We need him in this house tonight. We all need him in this house tonight. You need him just as much as I need him. And uh, Brother Riggin has already nailed it down about the death, burial, and the resurrection. The New Testament plan of salvation. You cannot come and shake my hand or his hand tonight and expect to be saved. You can't repeat a sinner's prayer after me or Brother Riggin or anybody else, but you've got to be born again of water and of the Spirit. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you've got to receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. First of all, you've got to repent. A lot of people today preaching a message or a gospel that you don't have to repent, but God did not come to save us in our sin, but he came to save us from our sin. And I didn't come to preach tonight at the plan of salvation, but I do feel like I've got a word uh, from the Lord tonight. And I, uh, you know, there's sometimes that God speaks to you well in advance, and then there's sometimes that you don't know what you're going to preach until... Uh, sometimes a few minutes before service, or you get behind the pulpit a lot of times. Uh, I don't like it when God works on me that way. But uh, this, these, this message I preached this morning and what I'm feeling tonight, uh, I've been feeling for quite some time. And uh, so I just want to deliver to you what's on my heart tonight. Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 31. It 
so good to have my wife and children with me. Uh, very seldom do you uh, see me without them. And I do love and appreciate my family. And uh, maybe next time we'll have that motor home, Brother Riggin. We'll just pull it back here. Try not to back into anything. <laughs> uh, but uh, we bought us a motor home this last week. And uh, somebody asked, are we getting ready to hit the road? Well, I, I didn't get the motor home for that reason. I got it because of, of youth camp and uh, I wanted just to take the family on a couple vacations, just to pull down to the lake or something and just kick back and relax. But uh, uh, we will use it some when we travel off. But uh, the Lord has been good to us. Thank God for his blessings. Amen. Amen. I, I know that a lot of this world, they equate the blessings of God with the uh, material gain. But I, I'm telling you tonight that if you uh, have Jesus, if you have the Holy Ghost, Amen. if you've got your faith tonight, you're blessed of God. Yeah. And that's what I want to preach to you about tonight is faith. Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 31. You have a say, amen. amen. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath the desire to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And I would like to direct your attention back to the first part of 32. And he said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And I, I would like to just preach to you for a little bit about failing faith. Failing faith. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got my measure of faith tonight. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Before I get started tonight, I, I feel in the Holy Ghost that uh, the Lord's got a great work to do here in Olathe. I'm not saying that there's not been a work done here, but I believe that God has got a harvest of souls. I... Uh, I felt that today in this service that the Lord uh, desires to do a great work and just driving around Olathe and uh, uh, in, in and out of the, the store that we were in last night. There, there's some hungry people here in this city. And I believe that God wants to do a perfect work. And he's looking for laborers to get out. And I know that you've been working, you've been laboring, but keep it up. Hallelujah. It would be great to be able to come back uh, two Easter's from now and to see this place packed out with one God apostolic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled people, disciples of Christ that are living for God with all they've got. You may not have the faith to believe that God can do it, but I do tonight. My God's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could think or ask according to the power that worketh in you You've got to get the power of God working in you. You've got to get the Holy Ghost moving in your spirit. And be filled full of the Holy Ghost. And I know that Brother Riggin talked about being Holy Ghost filled tonight. But we need some people that are led by the Holy Ghost. When they feel that little nudging to, to reach out to somebody that you... Uh, you look at them on the job side or a neighbor and you think that they would never, they would never want God or they would never, uh, never make a move to God. But you don't know what's going on in their world. 
Hallelujah. And so God's needing somebody in this hour to let the power of God work in them. Hallelujah. I just, uh, just a little, just what I was feeling in my soul today and last night as we came into this city. I believe God wants to do a work here. But the apostles were gathered together. And they, they were partaking of the Lord's Supper prior to the crucifixion of Christ. And they, they began to inquire. Uh, they, would, they began to discuss among themselves who was going to be the greatest. And the Lord began to talk to, the, to his apostles there, his disciples that day. And in the middle of it, he stopped and he turned to Simon and he said, Simon, Simon, he said, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But he said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And I believe that one of the most important things in our walk with God is our faith. I know a lot of times we talk about our faith and our, our salvation as being one and the same. Or we talk about, uh, in another sense of faith, being a faith that God can reach down and perform a miracle. That God can uh, dry up cancer. Or God can uh, reach down and perform a financial miracle. Or uh, God can give us direction when we don't know where to go. Uh, well, a lot of times we, we, we differentiate between... Uh, those two things are we differentiate between our salvation and what God can do for us. But when you begin to look into the word of God, you'll realize that when it's talking about faith, it's talking about confidence in God and, and your fidelity in God and your, your faith in God and believing that God can uh, reach down in whatever the situation, whatever the need is and that God can, it doesn't matter whether it's salvation or healing or, or deliverance tonight or, or a financial miracle or a healing in your body, it doesn't matter to God but He's looking for somebody that has faith in Him. Hallelujah. And so, so if the devil can, can get your faith tonight, then he's got you. I know the Bible talks in Romans about to each man is given a, a measure of faith. But what are you doing with that measure of faith? And I, I know sometimes that our, our faith becomes weak and our, our faith becomes anemic and we, we don't know what to do and we don't know where to turn. But I, I can tell you tonight if you'll turn to him who is the author and the finisher of your faith that everything's going to be all right. I don't know about you, but there's some times that I, I just, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I've got my hand in that nail-scarred hand. And I, I keep on walking with him. Hallelujah. I look back at the life of Peter. And, and Peter was one that was a fisherman. He was a rough and tough uh, uh, man. He was a man's man. He wasn't just a, a weak person, but he, he liked to get out there that was a way that he made his uh, uh, living and I was reading today about uh, Peter and supposedly
Secondly, Peter was not just an ordinary fisherman that lived in a little hut beside the, the sea, but he was a, a well-to-do gentleman. And uh, uh, there was, he had a house, I believe, it was there in Capernaum. And had, it was a place where later on that the Jesus Christ and the disciples would come. And uh, they would gather together in his house. And, and uh, that uh, there was, uh, it was there that uh, it was Peter's mother-in-law that was uh, the, the Lord performed a miracle and healed her and raised her up. But uh, we find that uh, uh, Andrew came to Peter and he said, we found the Christ and, and said, why don't you come and see him? And they came to see the Lord. Uh, and it was there that uh, the Lord told him, Simon, 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 that was his name, means hearer. He said, your name is no longer going to be called Simon, but it is going to be called Cephas or a stone. It is going to be a rock. It's going to be something to stand on. And uh, I was looking. I have not had time to verify this. But uh, evidently there were two calls that were made. Andrew led Peter to Jesus. But there was a short time later that we find that they were there by the seashore. And Jesus Christ came by. And he looked at Andrew and Peter. And he said, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And they began to follow Jesus. And, and we find that uh, uh, Peter was a man of ability. He was a man of energy. He was a man of zeal. He was a man of devotion. He had a natural tendency, though, to be uh, rash and forward a lot of times and, and speak his mind. But you see, God knew what he was doing when he, when he called him and said to follow me. And uh, I'm telling somebody in this house tonight, God knew what he was doing when he brought you out of darkness into this marvelous life. God knows what he's doing right now in your life. But he's looking for somebody, somebody to say, God, my sufficiency is not in myself, but my sufficiency is in you. Hallelujah. And we all have different abilities. Yeah, there's some of us that are a little more rash and brash than others. There's some of us that are a little bit more bold than others. There's some of us that don't uh, mind uh, to speak what we're thinking a lot of times and give, give our opinion. But you know what? You may not like it, but God knew what he was doing when he called me. Hallelujah. And beckoned to me. And God knew what he was doing when he called and beckoned to you. Oh, but Peter was a man that was ready to speak his mind. And he was, he was one to speak out. Hallelujah. And we find that after the second call to Peter, uh, there was something that began to transpire. And, and I don't believe that the Lord Jesus loved Peter more than he did the others. But uh, we look throughout the word of God. And, and you can find it in Matthew the 10th chapter and Mark the 3rd chapter and Luke the 6th chapter. Uh, where the, the different uh, apostles were mentioned and, the, and how they were written. And Peter was the first one on the list. Uh, it didn't matter what happened. You, you look at uh, the different writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and how that they put Peter at the first of the list. So evidently there was something about Peter that he began to rise above the others in his, in his leadership and in his ability. And, and uh, you find that Judas Iscariot is mentioned down at the bottom. Did they all see the same miracles? Yes, they did. Did they all see the withered limbs restored and the blinded eyes 
eyes open and the deaf ear unstopped? Did they, did they see the dead raised to life? Did they, did they see the five loaves and two fishes? Five, five thousand souls. And, and just a few days later, just a, just a few fishes and loaves again fed 4,000. Oh, they seen all this, but uh, uh, there was something about Peter that he began to, uh, to arise uh, in, the, in the leadership there. And, and uh, a lot of times you get people together and it, it's not very long that the born leader will begin to arise to the surface and began to assert themselves and began to take charge of things and began to lead things. And, and that's the type of person that we were, we were looking at as far as Peter went. And he wasn't afraid to open his mouth and tell what he, what he thought. And, and you can look throughout the word of God and see this, this, uh, uh, this characteristic of Peter and, and how that he looked at things. Uh, the Lord one day looked at his uh, disciples and he said, who do men say that I am? They said, some say that thou art Elias or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus, he stopped and he said, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And tonight the Lord is asking you, who do you say that he is? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? Is he your healer? Is he your deliverer? Is he your way maker? Is he your counselor? Is he your lawyer? Amen. Whatever you have need of tonight, we sing a song. It's all in him. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is he. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. The wonderful in wisdom by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. I'm telling you tonight, it's all all in him it's all in him whatever you have need of it's all in him but he looked at them and he said but who do you say that I am we don't find John or James or Bartholomew uh, we don't see Judas stepping up to the forefront that day but it was Peter he said thou art the Christ the son of the living God. And he said, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And he said, upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this rock of revelation that he was the mighty God in Christ. Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in hell. Whatever you loose on earth, Peter's going to be loosed in heaven. We find that Peter was asserting himself. Peter had revelation. Peter had insight to the things of God. He was a man of faith. Hallelujah. He was a man of faith. Peter was a, one of the three that... Uh, went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. They came. They had been on a sojourn to Caesarea. And they came to the mountain. And the Lord took Peter, James, and John to the top of the mountain. And it was there that they were looking on. And the power and the glory of God came down upon that mountain and enveloped Jesus Christ there. And it was there that... Uh, all of a sudden, the glory of God began to lift. 
And they looked on and they seen Moses. And they seen Elijah. And they seen Jesus standing there. And it was Peter that said, Lord, shouldn't we, shouldn't we build three temples? One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Ah, but you know, they, they, you, you, what we see here is Moses sim symbolized the law. And it was Elijah that symbolized the power of God. But it was Jesus Christ who was a testator who came to fulfill the law and who was the power of God. And when the glory of God came down again and lifted up, there was Jesus Christ all by himself. I'm telling you tonight, he was the one that fulfilled the law. He was the one that is the power of God. And I'm telling you tonight, uh, God desires to do great things, but we got to quit looking back and quit wondering what could have been. But we're looking forward tonight because Jesus has greater things. Hallelujah. So the Lord was showing these three men the fulfillment of the law and the power of God. What lay before them. But it was Peter that began to open his mouth and speak. He was the spokesman, it seemed, for the twelve apostles. He was the one that was always taking the lead. Hallelujah. And it was Peter that the tax collectors came and said, your master has not paid his taxes. They came to Peter and said, what of it? So Peter went to the Lord and said, hey, uh, they're coming to me asking me about your taxes that need to be paid. Well, they came to the spokesman of the group and said, you know, the president have a, has a press agent, has a press secretary, and a lot of times he will step out there and tell what's, uh, what, what the president wants to say. And so they came to what they viewed as a spokesman of the group and said, Peter, uh, what, what, what's going on here? You're, you've got to pay taxes, and, and uh, just if you haven't paid your taxes, April 15th just around the corner. And I'm not an IRS agent tonight. <laughs> Thank God I've had, to, I've had to file extensions the last couple years, but I got mine in on time. And I haven't got my check back yet, but I hope it's coming soon. Hallelujah. But uh, they came to Peter, and the Lord told him, he said, you go down there, cast your hook in the water. And he said, uh, the first fish that you bring up, he said, there's going to be some money there in its mouth, and you take that money and you go pay the taxes. Hallelujah. But it was Peter. It was Peter. And I'm just trying to lay a foundation tonight about, about Peter. Hallelujah. It was, it was Peter that uh, it seemed as time went on, he became uh, more prominent. And, and it was, uh, uh, it was uh, Peter that uh, as they sat there at the Last Supper and the Lord said, one of you is going to betr uh, betray me and one of you is going to sell me out. And, and they were saying, who is it? Who is it, Lord? And it was Peter that was saying, uh, Jesus, tell us who's, who it is. And uh, uh, Judas had already sold the Lord 
Lord Jesus out. We find that uh, uh, at, at the, uh, after Jesus had been arrested there, or when, when they went to the garden, it was Peter, James, and John that uh, uh, went a little bit further with the Lord there in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and it was there when they came to arrest Jesus that Peter took out the sword and cut off the servant's uh, servant of the high priest ear. And, and it was there that the Lord uh, healed that ear. But it was Peter that was always standing up for the Lord. And uh, the Lord looked at him in the midst of that uh, while they were eating uh, prior to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath the desire to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Uh, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Uh, and he went on to tell him, he said, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. And, and uh, we find that Peter was one that was uh, just stepping out and, and speaking his mind. And we find that there was another place that the Lord rebuked uh, uh, Simon. He said uh, uh, he began to tell his disciples of what he was going to go through. And, and it started there on the Passover. Uh, he was telling them what was going to take over, take, uh, take place and happen on the Passover and what lay before them. And, and Peter didn't want this to happen. And he began to uh, uh, speak up and he said, Lord, that's not so. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. But we find that Peter was always one to speak his mind. And, and I know that there's a time to speak and there's a time to remain silent. But uh, uh, Peter did not realize that uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be taken from him, the hostility and the, the barbaric nature of that, uh, of that culture that he lived in and how that they would beat him and they would spit upon him and they, they would mock him and they would uh, uh, tell lies and condemn him to die. And, and uh, he was looking on and all of a sudden there was somebody that came along and said, aren't you one of his disciples? Or, aren't you one of his? And he said, uh, uh, no, no, I don't know the man. And, and three times uh, Peter denied the Lord. And, and, and uh, all of a sudden after he denied the Lord the third time, he heard that rooster began to preach to him a message. And, and he went out and began, uh, I like Luke's version because the Bible says that when, he, uh, when Jesus looked across that crowd that day, him and Peter locked in, they locked eyes. And, and there was a message as he heard that cock began to crow. And, and there was conviction began to grip his heart. His faith was weak. His faith was down. He was at his lowest point. Uh, but there was something that had, had happened. Jesus Christ himself. I know that he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Father, let this cup pass from me. But I believe that there was a prayer also for Peter. Said, I'm praying for Peter that his faith does not fail him. Hallelujah. And you know, there's sometimes in our walk with God that our faith becomes weak. Our faith becomes, well, I'll just put it to you this way tonight. There's sometimes that we feel like there's nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody understands what I'm feeling. I try to do right. I try to do, I try to be fair with everybody. And yet there's some that just got it in for me. Hallelujah. I give my all. I give my, I give everything that I've got. 
and yet they still slander, and they still speak against me. And, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of times it's easier to take it from somebody that you don't go to church with. You can laugh about it if you want to tonight, but it's so anyhow. When you're wounded right here in the household of faith by somebody that's supposed to be a brother or sister, it's hard to take sometimes. Because you, you, you've given everything you've got. And you, it seems like nothing you do is right. And it seems like you're getting stuck in the back all the time. And you're thinking, my God, what have I done to deserve this? I haven't done anything wrong to them. I haven't said anything to them. But a lot of times it's people that's trying to obtain a position. It's people that's trying to climb to the top. And I, I'm telling you tonight, there's no place for that in the church of the living God. Hallelujah. If God wants you there, he'll put you there. You don't have to be trying to climb over somebody's back. Uh, you would say, well, I want to be a Sunday school teacher. I want to be a song leader. Well, let me tell you something tonight. If God wants you there, he'll put you there. Well, I'd like to be the pastor. Oh, really? Let them call you at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Say, so would you come down here and pray for my sick baby? There's problems in the family. My, my teenage child is giving me fits and I, I need somebody to come down here and pray with me. And other, other preachers calling saying, I've got problems, Brother Riggin. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle them. There's problems in the church. I'm having problems with my kids. Uh, you know, preaching is, is pastoring is more, and I'm not a pastor, but I uh, I, I guess I do have a little more freedom a lot of times than just assistant pastor uh, as far as counseling different ones. And I'm not saying that in a, in a boastful way, but I'm just, I, I've had phone calls in the middle of the night where somebody's uh, depressed and down and, and uh, my wife's having to talk to them and driving down the road at two or three o'clock in the morning sobbing and crying and, and uh, husband's in church children are in church, she's in church and sobbing and crying and, and start to get off the phone and tell her, say, don't get off the phone, keep on talking to them. Keep on talking to them because you don't know what's going on and you don't know how low their faith really is. You don't know. You don't know if they're going to drive off of a bridge somewhere and just end it all. You don't know because their faith is weak. Their faith is failing. They're saying, what's the use? What I'm preaching to you tonight is real life. It happens. And their faith was weak. Somehow keep on talking to them. Finally get them calmed down. Maybe pray with them over the phone. And hang up from the phone and get to praying for them. And then go on, start fasting for them. Not even telling anybody that you're fasting for them, but just 
began to fast for them because you know that their faith is fragile. They're about to lose out with God if, if somehow they don't get a hold of themselves and, and somehow they don't, they don't come to their senses and the devil's got them right where he wants them because their faith is weak. They don't have confidence that God can help them in the midst of their dilemma, in the midst of their adversity, their trial and their test. There's been times in my walk with God that I, I, the Lord would move on me to go on a fast. And I didn't know why I was feeling the need to fast any extra or pray any extra. I, I didn't know why I was, was feeling that, that urgency and that nudge of the Holy Ghost. And I would just step out in faith and do it anyway. And, and nothing great would happen after the, uh, after the fast or after the extra season of prayer and, and nothing mighty would happen. But I, I've come to realize the last couple of years that the Lord was laying up a reserve for me to be able to pull back, reach back and pull from and give me the strength to sustain me in the midst of failing faith. Hallelujah. Uh, I was, uh, we, we had a building program going there at church, and I was given everything that I had. I was working, and I may have mentioned this. I know last time I was here, I preached about uh, fightings without and fears within, and I may have made reference to this, but uh, I was working probably, I was working my regular job 40 hours a week, 35 to 40 hours a week, and then probably putting 40 to 50, sometimes 60 or 70 hours in at the church. A lot of times I'd get up in the morning, I would go to work, I would come home, eat dinner, rush to the church, and be there till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. My wife sometimes would bring my babies up to the church and so I could kiss them goodnight and put them and take them back home and put them to bed, and I, I would keep on working. And there were times that it was uh, uh, me and another man, and then there were sometimes I, uh, there were others that would go to home at uh, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Some would stay till 11 or 12, but... Uh, Normally, I was the last one there locking up, and uh, I gave everything that I had, and uh, I was giving it my all and trying to help the man of God to see a church built and uh, to see his vision move forward. And I, I'm telling you, Brother Merriman, Brother Brown, Brother Hilton, tonight, you, you, you can do nothing uh, uh, better than to uh, lift up the man of God, lift up his hands, and say, Preacher, man of God, I'll do whatever I can to help you. And, uh, uh, it doesn't matter if I have to step to this pulpit without any prior notice and, and declare what thus saith the word of God. I'm here to lift up the hands of the man of God. I'm here to be a strength and a blessing to him. I'm here to be an Aaron or a her to see something accomplished for the kingdom of God. But in the midst of that, it seemed like there were those... That they may come from time to time, but they never would really give it their, their all. But soon as it seemed like they could ob obtain the limelight and they could start thanking everybody and giving everybody the kudos, then they were there. They were Johnny on the spot. And saying things about me, Brother Riggin, and I, we've got a good church. Don't get, don't get me wrong tonight. We've got a good church, but it happened. Where there's people, there's things that happen. And so, so I was, 
I was dealing with that. I had a couple gentlemen on my job. Man, they were giving me fits, supposed to be working for me. It seemed like every, every time I turned around, it seemed like I was just a shell. I mean, as long as I looked at you, I was okay. But if I was to turn around, you'd see that there was nothing left but just a chest cavity. Amen. Just the front of me. That, that's all there was. It just, uh, and there were times that I, I fought bitterness. I fought hatred. I, I wanted to lash out so bad. And I, I'm not the type of person that just likes to take things laying down. Me and my brothers, we would have knockdown dragouts. We would we'd get out there playing basketball sometimes and get to arguing over fouls. And we'd get to fighting. Pushing, hitting. Now, we didn't go clawing and pulling hair, but one time my brother Randy grabbed up a, uh, I think it was a broom handle, and swung it at my other brother just as hard as he could. And he stuck that arm up to block it. And man, as soon as I guess he hit a nerve or something, that arm went straight out and he couldn't move it. But he went to beating him with the other arm. I was raised in the country. I may not look like a country boy, but I, I've been raised in the country. We did some crazy things. Amen. We've had some knockdown dragouts. And I, I don't just take things lying down. Especially when you go to messing with me or my family. And there's times that I, I want to step up and say, look, and let somebody have it. But you know what? Uh, I can't do that because there's souls at stake. And uh, there, there's, there's got to be a carefulness and, and pray about it and seek the face of God. And it, it seems like nothing changes. And you're, you're saying, God, change your situation. God, I, I'm asking you to move. And, and it, seems like, uh, uh, it seems like things are getting better. And you go and ask them. Hey, I'm sorry if, if I've done anything. If I've done anything, let's talk about it. No, everything's okay and everything's all right. But it's not very long. A week or two later, something happens. And all of a sudden, you feel that knife stick you in the back again. And you're thinking, my God, I thought I had victory over this. I thought I had deliverance over this. What's going on? And then uh, uh, there was some time back, I guess about a year ago, I told my wife, I said, "Hun, I said, we need to go on a fast. I'm going to go on it extended fast and I'm just believing God to change some things and you know what God has began to move and work some things out he didn't remove them he didn't remove us but he began to work some things out and he began to move on my spirit and began to change some things in me you know there's sometimes that we want God to change a situation and we want God to move the mountain for us but there's sometimes God wants to change us and began to do a work in us and uh, began to change some things in us but I'm telling you tonight it's up to you and I to keep on praying it's up to you and I to keep on believing God there's sometimes that you can't even pray for yourself and you really can't do uh, uh, you can't get a hold of God like you need to but thank God for brothers or sisters are a man of God that will stand in the gap and began to pray for you and began to intercede upon on behalf of your faith. I'm telling you tonight, there's somebody in this house tonight that your faith is weak. There's somebody in this house tonight that your faith is fragile. And God said, hey, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. God, I don't have anything to give. 
I'm, I'm poured out. I've been emptied out. There's times I've come to the pulpit. I've let song service died inside, hurting, crying out, God, I need you to touch me tonight. And stepped to that pulpit with a smile on my face and began to sing, He brought me out of the miry clay. Joy bells keep my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. And inside I'm dying, saying, God, I need, I need something to help me. I need something because I don't have anything to give. But somehow I reached back to those times of fasting and prayer. And God said, I'm going to give you just a, just a little bit to help somebody. Times that I've stepped to this pulpit and began to preach. Thinking, God, are you ever going to change things? God said, I'm working on you. I'm changing some things in you because you've got some rough edges. Peter, there's some things that need to be worked out of you. Thou art the Christ. Just a few years earlier, thou art the Christ. But now, aren't you one of his disciples? No, 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 I'm not. Hallelujah. You know, there's some times that we, we think we, 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 we're so confident in ourselves. And we feel that we, you know, whatever happens, that we are, we're mentally tough and that we can handle it. But you know, there's sometimes God has a way of changing that. And letting us realize that our sufficiency is not in ourselves. Hallelujah. Tonight, you may look on and say, you've got it all together. Just a few years ago, there was somebody that said that to my wife, said, you guys got it all together. But they didn't realize the storm that, we were, that was raging. They didn't know the sickness that we, we had been through in our bodies and was going through in our bodies. They didn't realize the onslaught of hell that was coming against us. They didn't realize the people that were stabbing us in the back and were thinking, my God, I just hope that I can make it back to church and uh, I hope that I, I can keep myself right. God, I, I don't want to allow bitterness to get a hold of me. I, I don't want to become a bitter person over what I've gone through and thinking, uh, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you let me down? Why, why have you allowed me to go through this? I, I thought that you were going to hold my hand all the way way and things were going to be grand and glorious and but God said hey I want you to lean on me oh my faith was weak my faith was about gone but somebody stepped in the gap and prayed for me there were prayers that I was praying there was prayers of other people that I would feel the strength began to help me to make it another day just talking to a good friend just here a few months ago other preacher friend and going through some things I can't even imagine I can't even imagine what he was going through 
Don't want to get into the details of it, but it was a very trying time, not only for him, but for his family. Amen. Had two little uh, girls, and, and I called him up one day, and, and he was in good spirits. I asked him, I said, how's things going? And he said, it's going good. He said, you know, he said, thanks to the prayers of, for, for, from everybody, he said, I, I can feel the strength of their prayers. He said, but he said, from time to time, he said, the Lord just allows me to, to carry that burden just for a short time to realize how much their prayers are really happening. Uh, are helping rather and uh, you know there's times that we don't understand all the ways of God we'll never understand all the ways of God but there's somebody in this house tonight that uh, your faith is weak and you're you're thinking my God how can I hold on I'm telling you hold on to that nail scarred hand don't give up don't give in hallelujah because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask according to the power that worketh in you you gotta keep on walking with him you got to keep on trusting him when you don't know where your next meal's coming from are you going to die from a sickness in your body you just got to keep on walking with him oh hallelujah i preached a message one time god can but if he doesn't what will you do and i i'm telling you tonight there's sometimes god may not do anything but he's looking for you to keep on walking with him and being faithful to him to keep your spirit right with him There's sometimes we feel like we're being broke down. I don't know about you, but I hate remodel projects. I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. Because as soon as you tear that sheetrock out, you see the rotted boards and the rotted seals. And Lord have mercy. And you see the floor that's, well, if I just shim that up a little bit and this project that was just going to cost you know, 1000 or $1,500, $5,000 later, we're done, and it's finished, and it's supposed to take two weeks, and it's three months later. I hate remodels. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> and uh, we bought an old trailer, <laughs> mobile home. I think it was a 67 or a 69 mobile home. had not been lived in for several months, and, well, it hadn't been lived in by people. It was, a <laughs> it was inhabited by mice, and, and uh, <laughs> we we bought it. And right after that, we went on a trip. The biggest, if if you buy a house that hasn't been lived in or has mice in it, don't put poison out and go on a trip. <laughs> we came home, been gone for about ten days. And opened the door and the smell about knocked us down. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and uh, thought we'd got them all. My wife called me the next day at work. There is a mouse dead somewhere around this oven. When you get home, <laughs> you got to find it. Well, I found it. I had to take the stove apart. And that mouse had burrowed his way up through that insulation, right up to the very front of that stove and died and uh, it didn't smell too well but I hate remodels I hate them but you know sometimes we go through a remodeling process within us and God begins to tear some things down in us and begins to work some things out in us because we're so used to leaning on the arm of flesh 
Hallelujah. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And God has a way of breaking us down and realize that it's not in us tonight, but it's in him. It's in him. Hallelujah. I don't know. There's somebody in this house tonight that uh, I, I felt this. I felt this. This is an urgency. Hallelujah. There is somebody in this house tonight that needs that needs a touch from God. That needs a Holy Ghost to sweep over their soul. Their faith is about gone. They're saying, my God, I have nothing else to give. You're not the only one at stake tonight. You've got a family. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. You've got a family that's at stake. You've got children that are at stake. <laughs> Hold on to your faith tonight. Hold on to him tonight. Come on, let's reach out after the Lord right now. The Holy Ghost is moving. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I have nothing else to give. I have nothing else to give. I've emptied myself out. If the musicians would come tonight, I've emptied myself out. I've given my all, and nobody cares. I've given my all. I keep getting stuck in the back. You know, after that fast, I told my wife, I said, there's, there's a change happening. I, I, nothing happened great in me, but there was a change that was happening. There was something that was broke in the spirit world. There was something that happened, and God said, everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Are we out of the woods yet? Probably not. Have things improved? Greatly. Hallelujah. He's helped me greatly. He's changed some things in me. He's worked me over. But I was just about gone. And if the devil can get your faith tonight, he doesn't want your money. He wants your faith. Hallelujah. There was a woman, Zarephath, that had just a, a little bit of had a little bit of oil, a little bit of meal. And the man of God came by, was there, and he told her, he said, fetch me some water. She went to get him some water. He said, well, by the way, he said, make me a cake. I'm, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. She said, you don't understand, man of God. All I've got is just a just a little bit of oil and just enough meal to make my son and I a cake. You see, I'm a widow. I don't have anything. This is all we've got. I'm gathering together some sticks right now to, to bake us a cake, and that's all we got. We're going to eat that cake, and we're going to die. And there's somebody in the night the way you feel. You came to the house of God. You came to the house of God tonight. With just a little bit of meal, you've been gathering some sticks up, trying to plan your exit, trying to plan your way out. And the man of God stepped to this pulpit tonight and said, you've got some failing faith. Prepare me something. You thought you were going to die. Prepare me some oil. Prepare me a, a cake. 
prepare that for me. And he said, if you'll do this, <laughs> you'll not die. That, that oil will stay there. That meal's going to be there every time you go back to that, to that pantry. Every time you go back to that cruise, there's going to be oil there until there becomes rain upon the land. Until the famine's gone, there's going to be there, something there to sustain you. But you come to the house of God tonight. God, this is it. This is it. Hallelujah. Could we stand tonight? Your faith is weak. Your faith is fragile. Doesn't mean you're backslid, no. No, we all go through it. We all have trials and tests. This one, Peter, the Lord said, when thou art converted, you're going to strengthen your brethren. Who was it after Jesus had been resurrected that day? They came to the tomb. Mary came to the tomb. Jesus said, go tell them I'm alive and tell Peter. Judas had the same opportunity. He had the same chance. But his faith failed him and he went and hung himself. But Peter began to weep and began to cry. God, I stand in need of you tonight. It went back to the boats and the Lord was there on the seashore cooking fish. Peter seen him, jumped out of the boat. The one just a few days before he had denied, jumped out of the boat and went swimming to him. He said, Simon, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep three times. But his faith was about gone. But I believe tonight that he had the right response when his faith was just about gone. I wonder tonight, are you going to have the right response? Are you going to respond to the word of God tonight? Are you going to respond to the voice of God tonight? Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Come on, church. Help me pray tonight. Help me pray tonight. Somebody in this house needs God. Somebody in this house tonight needs a touch from heaven. Come on. <laughs> oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, all I've got is this little bit of oil and meal. He said, bring it to me. Bring it to me tonight. Come on, hallelujah. This altar's open tonight. You need a touch from God. You need the Holy Ghost. The Lord is in this house tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, respond to the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. Don't sit back in your pew. But he said, come. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Come on, now is your chance. Now is your opportunity. Come on. Come on, tonight. Tonight is your night. Come on, he's here tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I've delivered, God, what you've given me. I pray tonight, God, that you'd move on these hearts and these spirits right now. Oh, God, don't let their faith fail them. God, oh, God, I pray that the restoration, God, the process you started would be completed. Each and every life here tonight. Come on, hallelujah. He knows where you are tonight. He knows what you're going through. Hallelujah. Come on, Peter said that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Come on, come on tonight. <laughs> come on, pour your heart out to God. Pour your heart out to God. He's here to help you tonight. He's here to help you tonight. <laughs> Don't let the devil lie to you. He wants to sift you. He wants to sift your family. Come on, pray for one another. Touch heaven for one another tonight.
you lift your hands and sing it to him from your heart. God, I need you every hour. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Touch him tonight.
sing it one more time. Come to 